0: They were hunted to almost extinction just because of the way they look. Um, and then they become protect they became protected in the early 90s, and he was getting um poked by the, the metal of the gutter, and he was super angry and very nearly bit me pretty badly. Fortunately, I managed to
1: like just dodge him in time. Welcome to The Big Small Podcast, where I speak to adventurers, advocates, and authorities in nature, and we talk about the small things in life's big picture. I'm your host, Jaden Lunt, and in today's show, we're talking to a South African school teacher who is also, in his spare time, a snake catcher. So, without further ado, please welcome to the show, the aspiring author, Chris Drew. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, This is cool. This is cool to have you on. Uh, I would like to start off first uh, with, if you could give uh, everyone a bit of an idea of who you are, obviously your name's Chris, um, but uh, yeah, a little, just a little bit of information and background on yourself.
0: Awesome. No, thanks, Jay. Thanks for inviting me. It's uh, uh first time I've ever done a podcast and I'm super keen to, to, be, to see you again, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great idea what you're doing here so thank you my name is chris um i'm 40 now turned 40 this year and um so i currently live in the beautiful northern rivers of uh, new south wales in so cool. a, a city called ballina or a little little town called ballina um which is really gorgeous i actually live kind of just up the the mountain in a place called alstonville which is just it's got r- waterfalls and creeks. It's just beautiful. Um, and I'm a teacher. So I've been teaching for in schools for about 10 years. Um, I'm sure you can hear from my accent that I'm South African originally. So i oh, yeah. living in Oz. F- yeah, we have been living in Oz for about 16 years. Prior to Oz, I lived in England and South Korea. Uh, so um, God To get to this point where i am sitting here talking to you god's led me on quite a journey which i'm sure will come through in our conversation yeah but um as as i've lived life in oz i've taken on quite a lot of um extra added things to my identity like um four kids got four beautiful kids come along the way Mm -hmm. my youngest is seven he turned seven yesterday 7 10 12 and oldest is 13 at the moment so the last time you saw her, she was, the oldest one was still a, a youngster.
1: Yeah, man. That's when
0: you used to hang off the
1: gutter off the gutter, <laughs> gutter I got in church. trouble so much from that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember those. Um, I remember that.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, good times. Uh, that was, I'm being anyway. a some, my dad, now a father of four. I'm t- a school teacher. Uh, I'm also a writer. So I've just finished writing a book. About snakes, actually. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Yeah, which ties into my role as a teacher and as a father. Um, And um, I guess how that all fits together uh, in terms of me being on your podcast about Mm. the big, small and the the amazing, yes, the amazing gift of nature to us Mm. is that, um, yeah just everything everything about my life being a father a teacher a mentor um, a writer has been fed by everything i've seen and experienced in nature and very much reptiles you know you and i love reptiles and snakes yeah um and that that has has just been like a, a fuel it's been a driving force it's been a uh, like a grounding tool for me as well so i see god in that and uh, it's just added to to who i am um yeah as as a man and as a person so that's that's kind of i hope that paints a picture of who i am and and mm. what i'm about i've got a, a lot more stories to tell you which i probably come out further in the conversation
1: yeah well um you say that you're writing a book now i didn't know you were writing a book yeah uh, this is cool um, yeah I've, I've, what is, what is, so you said it's based on it's, it's snakes. Could, could you tell us about this book that you've written?
0: Yeah, sure. So um I'm a, uh, before I was a teacher, I was a journalist in South Africa. Mm. So I love writing. Right. Um And I, uh, I've noticed that s- uh, snakes in particular don't feature very much in, in literature. And if they do, they're normally just seen as your classic dangerous animal. And uh, yep. about uh, this time last year, my family and I went for a trip around Australia together with the dogs—two <laughs> dogs, four kids—in a Toyota yeah, Tarago cruising around Oz, which was awesome. But as we travelled, you know, I just realised, wow, there's so many amazing species of reptiles and snakes out there with so many different character traits. Um, that I would love to use that as an education tool for kids to tell stories about snakes. So you've got the factual, but then you've also got the entertaining, you've got the fictional side, because, you know, a good story is good for everyone, kids, adults. Um, So I wanted to make this connection between the life of a snake and humans so that we yep. could teach people about snakes as well as enjoying stories. So the, I'm not going to give away too much about the story, but basically right. there's a family of snakes who live in Queensland and mm. they travel around Australia and each each um, adventure they meet a particular species of snake. Okay. And there has to be, a problem and then a solution i've only so it's, it's going to be a long series i've only written the first one series okay um, but I, I, yeah so each series each episode or each book is going to be this the snakes going to a particular place so i'll give mm. you a clue uh, as to what species the uh, the main characters are their names are mo ray and leah after the genus morelia so I'm pretty sure yes. you and your listeners will know what what's, what uh, genus that is. Anyway, oh, yeah. I live in Ipswich. That's their home, <laughs> Ipswich. Um, yeah. and, uh, but they go traveling all over the place. So, yeah, I'm doing my own illustrations. And my I'm pretty much finished. I've got about two pictures left to do, and I need to edit my last chapter. So right. it's about 110 pages. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. so... Perhaps when it's all published, you can uh, you can do a shout out on your podcast or your YouTube channel or something.
1: Definitely, but basically that's that's the
0: idea. Teaching people, yeah, teaching people about snakes um, by going on an adventure, learning about Australia, um, and seeing Mm. life through the eyes of a snake.
1: That's the idea. Interesting, interesting, and with with snakes, how did? You um, get introduced to snakes. Was this back in South Africa uh, that you, I would assume, you, there's a couple species over there that you don't get over here that are really cool? Um, yeah. Is that kind of where it's it f- uh, it budded?
0: It's such a good question, Jay, because when I was like reflecting about what I was going to talk about with you, I thought I really didn't spend much time with nature, like especially reptiles in Africa at all. And we know Mm. Africa's got some amazing snakes and lizards. Yes. Um, I did live on the beach, so I spent most of my time with, like, coastal stuff. That's probably why. But I never encountered snakes in South Africa. You know, Mm. I would have loved to have seen a black mamba or boomslang or something, but I I just never saw them. I think that the only snake I ever really saw was um, a brown house snake there, which was kind of the equivalent of a – of a, a green tree or a, you know, maybe okay. a yellow face whips, whip, whip tail, but
2: mm-hmm. nothing
0: mm-hmm. special. So to answer your question, um, this mm. was one of those God wink moments for me. You know, when I arrived in Oz, um, I was living with my wife's family who live on acreage in Ipswich yes, and yeah. I was doing work in the garden. And the first snake I came across was a beautiful little white, white crowned. Um, oh, yes. you know, he was only and probably like 30 centimeters long, so a little walk around. Mm. I bashed him with the rake as I was raking the leaves accidentally. So he was like
1: quite ah, stunned. Right, right,
0: accidentally. Yeah. But I had no idea yet. You know, all I knew, I was 24. All I knew that was that Australia was full of dangerous snakes. Um, but here was this beautiful creature. I bashed him. I felt sorry for him. I wanted to know more about him. And that sparked something in me. Like I knew, wow, I'm going to start seeing a lot more reptiles in this country, this new country. So anyway, I went and I started reading, found the white crown snake. I found out that he's, you know, he's not dangerous um, and what family he belongs to. That kind of ignited it. A few weeks later, I came across a keelback in the uh, same yeah. garden. Uh, once again, didn't quite know what he was yet. Um, I wish I had known at the time because, uh, you know, I would have definitely wanted to keep him around their garden full of cane toads and stuff. Um. Anyway, he was he mock striking at me, and, and that passion just kept building. Um, then one night, I was going home with Kerry and the, and my baby at the time, in Kuranda Downs, and the, you've probably caught many snakes in Karana Downs mm. because it's so full of trees and bush and stuff. But some this fam yeah this family had obviously had a, a massive carpet pipe in their kitchen, and I saw them pulling it out with a broom. And, uh, you know, they were, like, really rough with him. Uh, he's probably a good two and a half meters long. And, um, mm. it was, I mean, they weren't going to kill him, which was great. Um, but I mm. could see that they didn't understand this this beautiful creature. And he was really agitated because they'd been poking him with the broom and stuff. Anyway, they dropped him at a park and sort of ran away. And after they had left, I said to Kezi, I really want to go and see this, this beautiful creature. So I hung around with him. And I just gently, like, got him by the tail, and I started stroking him and calmed him down. And it was just such an, like, a, an, an amazing moment where this this creature that had always just been a dangerous animal to me became. Mm. There was an interaction there, and that mm. was the end for me. I decided not. I've got to make this something I do properly. So, uh, from there, looked into getting. How can I get my license? Getting your license in Queensland's not easy, as you well know, um, and that just started the ball rolling. Mm. So to answer your question, yeah, it was pretty much my my new my new land of discovery, Australia was where yeah. my passion for snakes really ignited.
1: Yeah, yeah, back from from so not much in in um, in South Africa, but yeah, in Australia, that's where it kind of really changed no. for you. Um, uh, what? Yeah. That was like, that was your first experience with the carpet python. Um, how, how was the, uh, I, I do want to get into the story, um, into, uh, your family and, um, and how your kids have, uh, grown up with you as their dad, uh, and the impact that, um, you believe you've had, uh, on them as a, in a positive yeah. way. Um, but just with, with, with this starting off process of snakes for you, um, what were some of the um initial interactions that you had past this carpet python once you once you got your license um and you started creating somewhat of a, a name for yourself? Uh yeah. Cause because when we um when we used to go to church together, uh I was you were the guy yeah. that um people knew that caught snakes. Uh and I was I was like yeah. I was young and awkward and I was like yeah, He's the guy that catches snakes. So I'll probably talk to him, <laughs> talk to him eventually, and yeah. uh, now now I'm the guy at church that, that catches snakes, and everyone calls me. Um, yeah, yeah. Funny for how sure. life, life changes. Uh, but um, what are some of the uh, initial experiences past a like of python um, where you learned things? Because I know for myself, uh, those initial interactions, what I th- it was very jittery. It wasn't very smooth. Yeah, yeah. wasn't much flow to it. Yeah. Uh, but then, as I've learnt, uh, as with all the catches, you learn where snakes like to be um, supported, uh, how they'll react yeah. in certain situations. Um, but for yourself, uh, what was one or two interactions that kind of um, were maybe a learning point for you in your initial snake journey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good.
0: You're so you're so right. Yeah. The first I I had to really like calm down my my human instinct for a long time. My first interactions with many different species were super jittery, just like you say Um, there. As you ask that question, three, probably three come straight to mind. The first was a python, actually. Um, He he was lying in a, a, a gutter in um, Borellon Point in Ipswich. He was lying oh, yes. in a gutter and the morning sun was coming up. Oh, and the morning sun, it was, it was summer and the sun was super hot. And this poor snake was getting quite warm in the gutter. You know, he'd mm. been lying in a bit of water, so he was cool. Mm. But then here I am, this guy standing over the gutter, coming to bother him. And his eyes were in the sun. He uh, He was hot and he was getting um, poked by the the metal of the gutter, and he was super angry and very nearly bit me pretty badly. Fortunately, I managed to, like, just dodge him in time. But I learned quickly that uh, how, you know, just by adapting the way that you come at them or the way that you uh, approach them, giving them a bit of shade, um, Mm. the way that you pull them, you know, no I'm not gonna pull the snake backwards out of a gutter by his tail. that's not gonna mm. happen
2: mm,
0: <laughs> mm. um that was a that was a big one for me. I learned from that then uh second one was a um a beautiful uh yellow faced whiptail which had been yeah he was he was slithering through um some sort of bush that was quite thorny got him oh, by I his tail him. but there was no way I could get him off the, yeah I couldn't couldn't get him out of the so I managed to finally get him forward out of the bush and stuff. But I was I didn't give him the respect he deserved, and I was kind of handling him too close to his head. Mm. And he turned around and gave me a bite. Yeah, in my yeah. Thumb. Um, and I, that was another one for me. Like, right, you know what you th- you, you you're getting too too um, macho here. You think you that you and snakes have got this thing going on. But at the end of the day he's a creature who's going to tell you yes. leave me alone yes. if you're getting yep. too close yeah fortunately um it was just a dry bite and there was only a whip snake so um mm. but i was still very early in my time so i thought oh gosh you know i know he's in the <laughs> yeah. leopard yeah maybe I'm, i need to go to the hospital but my pride got in the yep. way i didn't tell anyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't tell anyone i just kind of cruised around thinking am i going to die soon <laughs> um but it was a, it was another yeah. godwink moment for me because mm. i realized yeah you know what i still need to respect them no matter what species they are um and that sort of flowed into i think better re- reaction uh, relationships with me in the catching phase uh, another one was uh, a, a brown this was my first eastern brown mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. mount crosby uh lady lady called me up and uh, I got up there, and of course it was near uh, a rock retaining wall.
1: Um, I do not like retaining walls, man. I feel you.
0: Yeah. So could see it, had, you know. It's probably living in the retaining wall ahead. It, it was out on the on the dust um, driveway, mm. and you I I had to get to him pretty fast because he was going to bolt back there. Anyway, I managed to get him just as he was going in. Just probably too far at the back of his tail, but I couldn't, I wasn't going to let go because otherwise I was never going to get him Mm. again. Anyway, eventually after a long time of him, like contracting and letting go and contracting and letting go, I managed to get him out. Yeah. But, but he had actually, and I, I got him, put him away, but it was quite distressing for him and for me. Mm. And, um, I saw, uh, as I managed to to catch him and bag him, that somebody in the past had had actually obviously tried to chop him with a shovel.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: um, Because he had this, yeah, he had this massive gash down. this, It's practically almost cut in half this poor snake. Um, And that, that um, tugging and stuff in the, in the rocks Mm. had aggravated that wound, which I felt really bad about. So that was a learning curve for me as well. And after that, I, putting all the, like there's lots more after that you know each time you catch you learn something new but this those first few encounters definitely uh, kind of set set the scene for how i should treat them mm. uh, yeah so those those were some memorable ones
1: yeah yeah and those those first few experiences of um interacting with snakes um were quite a yeah i definitely quite remember uh, Memorable because that's like where you're learning, and there's like a whole bunch yeah. of information just perforating your brain cells, yeah.
0: and your, your your adrenaline's going as much as you don't want it to go. Your adrenaline's there, and for me, yep. I was petrified that I was going to lose this snake. I so badly wanted to see it, you know. I wanted to yeah. to just cherish this creature and look at it. And I'm like, I'm more concerned about losing you than getting bitten by you. But um, that's so there was this adrenaline, and so mm. yeah.
1: Now, um, Good Chris, uh, with, um, uh, your learning process, uh, with snakes, was there anyone that you, um, learnt from directly, uh, or was it all indirectly through, um, self-research, uh, that you garnered your information from and experience?
0: Good question, Jay. And, um, for me, as much as I'd love someone to have taught me, uh, there was no one like mm. uh, because the majority of people they you know when they would talk about snakes they were just evil they you know good snake is a dead snake no one wanted to know about them um and when they did talk about them it was normally like some blown up story that you couldn't trust anyway <laughs> so i cool. had to teach myself yeah it's but definitely it was a brown snake and it was three meters long. <laughs> so yeah, that's, it's that's the thickness, the normal, as thick the as
1: the my snakes. as thick as my wrist or my <laughs> forearm, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I kind of I, I realised, yeah, I, I and I'm quite a, uh, a shy guy myself anyway. So I think that's kind of why I like snakes. To be honest, I really relate to them. So I, I decided, no, I'm going to do this myself. So working landscaping on my own. I would see them, and then I'd go home and read about them. Yeah, that was about the time that iPhone was still quite new, so I got this app, you know, Snakes of Australia, and I'd make sure yeah. that I was reading the app every day. Yeah, um, I went to the library. I got all the books I could out at the library and read them. Awesome. Uh, I watched a few a few um, videos on YouTube, but I found sometimes I found myself getting a bit annoyed because a lot of the shows were um were very like uh sensationalized. And yes. my yep. experience with snakes was very different. So I kind of put those aside. So to answer yep. your question, I did it, I did it pretty much on my own. Mm. Um and as cool as that was, it was a bit tricky. So um, which I'll talk about later. I'm I'm showing my own kids as much as I can, mm. um, myself, because I want them to to have that upper hand and yes. it was pretty much the same with you wasn't it you 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 learned yourself uh from a young age you just got it stuck in there and
1: yeah i just kind of got go right into it as uh at six uh six when i caught my first snake with my opa um, yeah i was at it i was i was peeing on a tree uh with my brother oh uh, wow in a, in, in, a par- in a park and then I was like hey this is a snake and so you know finished up with my own and then uh went and caught the other one and uh yeah it was uh <laughs> you know, that was my first experience as a six year old uh and yeah reading and can you remember what wife. it was yeah it was a tree snake tree snake so no oh, nice yeah. good start off good, good start off. good one snake. to
0: start with yeah
1: no yeah. problem to get bitten
0: that's another thing uh, about teaching myself is that I had to realize firstly I'm new I, I'm not Australian so I haven't grown up here. I need to learn about these snakes myself first. I must I mm. can't be gung-ho and just just go get in there I really I respected the fact that okay this is a learning process. Uh, you can't mm. just go and grab a brown snake or a red belly or a tiger or whatever just because you want to be a hero uh, and I took that very seriously. That's good. So when I did yeah, when I did achieve that goal of actually doing the course and learning how to do it properly for them, for the snakes' well-being, like that was a good a good feeling and a good um sense of um confidence.
1: Yes. Yes. Um now w- with this with this confidence that you've built up, uh this uh, fascination that you've grown with snakes, you now you've written a book, which is crazy. It's so cool. Um, with uh, your kids and how you are uh, encouraging them uh, with knowledge. Um, and experiences um do you go out specifically looking for wildlife uh um and then being like when you find it this is what it is and uh or is it more so just on this massive camp that you did just meandering through life along the way you kind of um uh filled them in uh with what's happening around them
0: it's a bit of both um so coming back to that to the to the uh this idea of God winks i i firmly believe that uh god's glory and his his um design for us to enjoy his design can be mm. seen in all of the amazing animals that we come across you know uh so whether it's snakes or uh, uh like a, a little bug that you find on a leaf with yes. my kids Every single experience is uh, a Godwin mo- a Godwing moment where I can teach them something about that creature that's amazing mm. which they uh, which they then take in, but then they can see God's design in that as well, which adds joy and adds life and adds experience to them. You know, just like you, you said in your uh, the, your introductory video that you do for this podcast, those little small moments that all piece together, um, mm. so no matter where we go, uh and I love doing this with Carrie, my wife too, because she, you know, she was a real girly girl, which she admits, you know, she back at school, she she did the agricultural program and they would have to go and clean the the poo off the cow's feet at Westmac. <laughs> and she hated it. She hated anything to do with it, she hated the beach. And since we've gotten married, uh you know, she she to, um, will actually go and if I can't get a python if I'm busy she'll go and grab the python <laughs> even though I she's don't. not really allowed to it, mm-hmm. normally at her at her parents house because they have heaps of pythons who come through there yeah she's embraced this this amazing um, uh, sort of god wink design aspect of nature so mm-hmm. to come back to your earlier question within my immediate family every time we go out we're on the lookout for something um, intentional. That's going to show us uh, about what an animal's place. You know what it looks like. Its design features. As regards to snakes themselves, because that is like my passion. Um, mm. We, I do try and take my kids to specific places where we'll go and look for snakes. I seem to have the worst luck when it when it looking for uh, like actually going out and finding them. It's mm. like they know I'm coming and they disappear. Uh, so it's a bit of a joke in the family which is super annoying for me we will come across them randomly which is great but whenever we go looking i normally find something else but that's okay so yeah kind of just a combination of these these everyday moments and if we're going out like yeah we're taking the the um the the jig and we're taking the the bag in case we find something we're going to have a good look good talk about it and then release it so, yeah, and that's been a really, uh, you know, children are born with this amazing love for nature. And then as they get a bit older, uh, I don't know whether it's social programming or just their their natural uh, sort of safety programming from, from mm. God. They start to not want, they, they're like, oh, no, I don't want to touch it. I'm, I'm, I'm scared of that thing. Mm. So we kind of go through this this journey of as their little wow there's a snake can i touch it no no this is how you this is how you 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 know you've got to approach it just look at it daddy's got to hold it here then now we're going through no this is you know this is an incredible creature come i want to show you um and then so they've also walking a journey of um confidence building and uh, how do i interact with animals how should i interact with animals what's the right way to do it What can I learn from them? Um, And then my hope is that at some stage, and in fact, this is starting to happen already is they're actually, they're going out and finding stuff themselves and they're coming back and saying, Hey dad, I found this creature. Yeah. yeah. Did you know about this one? And they're actually teaching me stuff, uh, which is so awesome. You know, we've down here in the Northern rivers. Jay, you'd love it, mate. Um, It's super wet. You know, it's lots of rain. So, Uh, There's quite a few new species of bugs in particular. Um,
2: Mm.
0: I haven't come across many snakes yet, but they're slightly different compared Mm. to Ipswich. Um, And, yeah, so they'd say, hey, Dad, check this thing we've just found. So, uh, yeah, it has been some great opportunities there for me to to teach them and then for them to teach me.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then um, what would uh... (laughs) – with building memories um and with your kids and and searching and um and them learning um, have what ways have you seen your influence on them uh with how they've grown up uh how, outside of um them looking for nature and wildlife and then telling you about it uh how has um your your passion and your influence as a dad how has that worked its way out um uh outside of the nature realm um in some way or another do you think Uh, how would how would you say um, what would you say would um, be uh, something like that
0: yeah, hundred percent. Well, um, straight off the off the bat I can tell you something that uh as a teacher, something that has always distressed me is seeing how uh children react to spiders and mm. um reptiles in the schoolyard or around school, or even if you know, show them a picture or whatever on the screen. A lot of them have been taught or to to like be repulsed by mm. these creatures, and um I've seen my own kids come t- uh, into that space with this real compassion and a real uh courage uh to not only stand up for that particular creature that's about to get squashed by you know the the kids in the playground um yeah. but a like a, a nurturing spirit and um Mm. like a confidence it's, it's been really good for them it's been challenging because a lot of the t- a lot of times kids will say, Ah, oh, no man you got to kill that thing um, mm. but then after yes. a couple of times say no no this this is a this is a very special creature. we need to take care of it. we can 't just go around killing everything um, and it's built uh, in them confidence in themselves and it's given them a sense of almost identity within their 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 groups so mm. malachi my son he, he's like he's known at school as the nature warrior he got he protects anything in the in the the and even though he was teased about it at first he's got super respect now mm. i was really impressed the other day um i teach my own daughter in year six and this um i think it was a wolf spider or he, he was it's probably a wolf spider or maybe a A big huntsman or something anyway he came into the class Mm. and a lot of the kids were screaming and freaking out and michaela just out of off the out of the blue she came and she let him uh climb onto her hand and took him Mm. out of the class i'm like wow this is my 12 year old girl i didn't ask her to do it and in that space i saw wow there's been a softening of her heart because Mm. she used to be she used to be a princess who would quite happily stand on a spider Right, but there's right. been something in her that's rec- Yeah, there's rec there's, she's recognised life. She's recognised the gift of life, um, and she's been able to stand up for that. And that sort of overflows into other things as well. The way the way that she treats people, um, uh, and the way that she watches things on TV. You know, she's able to analyse things um, I- through a, a proper a proper framework of understanding nature so mm. it's a good question you asked so that's just a that's just a bit of a snippet because there's so much to it that mm. you, I see in my kids on a daily basis um and I've got nothing to do with it other than just showing them and giving them a love for nature this is all starting to flow through them themselves which is such a blessing
1: yeah yeah that's uh, well that's 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 cool that you're able to um see that and also then extract that, uh, information and observation as well. Yeah. Um, cause, uh, yeah, I've always, I, I like to see, um, how, uh, others see their impact. Um, and I think if we can realize the impact that we are able to have, uh, we are more particular about how we act and, how we speak as well mm. um and so it's it's that's good so it's true. Great to hear so it's true. great to hear um now with uh your yeah. um your schooling and your experience uh you're your, your a teacher how, how long have you been a teacher for again 10 years 10 years okay. so i
0: started teaching at the age of 30 yeah
1: yeah okay so um at the age of 30 30 you said yeah Yep. Uh, so yeah. you've been snake catching and pretty much being a teacher at the, with the same amount of time, really, then, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I Actually, yeah. I've been catching snakes for probably about 13 years now. And okay. although I've been a classroom teacher for, for 10 years, I've been in schools for 13. I don't know if you remember, I used to be a, a Chappie uh, mm. at Pullenvale State School. And that was yes, kind yes. of like where it all started to happen because Pullenvale was surrounded by nature reserve as well. Mm. And, um, yeah, we'd often get snakes in the bathrooms and stuff. So, yeah, there was def- a definite connection there between that, moving into a school community, uh, being an educator. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been an educator for 13 years,
1: yeah. Okay, 13 years, right. Uh, now, um, with this educating journey and snake-catching journey, um, what are some, uh, What not, not necessarily some, but... A, a moment or two, or two that looking back you can see has had a um, not necessarily a profound impact on who you are today, but uh, an impact on who you are today. Um, like for for example, like when we're, I was talking to you just before uh, when I um, before we started uh, when I uh, first met you, didn't really uh, um, you you, you like snakes? I was just a young kid uh, he, before I was 18, um, super awkward, wanting to learn more, wanting to know more, but not knowing how, uh, and then, uh, working, getting a job at Peppa, barn and then getting a job as a reptile demonstrator COVID comes. I'm like, Hey, I want to do something with snakes. Uh, and then I'm like, Hey, Chris mm. knows snakes. Cause for the, um, for the damage mitigation permit, as you know, uh, you need to have references, um, to say that you are able to capture and handle snakes safely and correctly. And, um, from, from meeting you at a church when I'm, how old was I? 13, 14. I, I think you were
0: 14. Yeah, yeah,
1: 14. Uh, and then now I'm then 20 about so, uh, and, uh, the guy I met then who knows snakes uh backs me up for snakes now I start my own snake catching company or I try to and then um end up working as a professional snake catcher in another um uh, prestigious company and uh it's crazy how the it's not crazy but it's cool to be able to see those moments um however little in time uh but how profound it impact over time uh so would you um does any situations as such come to mind uh as you are 40 years on this earth um that has led to where you are today well i think i think in terms
0: of of people uh who who were definitely like at a like a a a crossroads for me um there weren't too many people in fact there were quite a few people who, who almost made it difficult for me but Mm. there were a couple of people who really like were just a a breath of fresh air and you know sticking with the analogy of air they were like wind for me pushing me forward was the these two guys two guys who did my first course um Mm. shucks i can't even remember their names Uh, paul paul and uh sue i think their names were. anyway i had to fly down to Uh, Canberra of all places to do my, my first venomous snake hand. Yeah. Right. Okay. And these guys, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I wanted to get my, my permit in Queensland, but I couldn't do it in Queensland. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I went to flew down to Canberra and these guys, they just, they accepted that I was this guy who really wanted to learn about them and they just supported me and they were really helpful and kind. And whenever I hit a roadblock whether it was uh red tape from the government or um you know equipment that i needed because i didn't have any of that stuff they yeah. they just saw in me this uh passion to to just know these creatures better and they they were there and they helped me with that so um they really stand out for me as as particular people who just through their attitude really helped me
2: mm.
0: um, in terms uh, – yeah. I'm not sure. I can't really think of any other people in particular that helped mm. me other
1: than – And if not people, like just a you decision know, I suppose, that you've had to make uh, it yeah. for yourself. If, if not people, then yeah. In many ways, have you heard of a guy named Ben Crop?
0: By any chance? I think
1: so. I think so.
0: So Ben, Ben Crop, old school, old school. I mean, it sounds funny because he's, I mean, he's like 86 years old now, (laughs) um, maybe even older, but anyway, he was a, he was actually a shark hunter back (laughs) in the fifties, I think fifties or sixties. And when I arrived in Australia and started getting into nature, um, he, I started watching his DVDs and reading his books and, uh, his his character and the way that he as he was a shark hunter and the way that he changed to he become a shark conservationist something really something about him and that character in him really struck mm. me um and i think he his desire and the way that he went about doing it because he was so humble he was just an average aussie bloke who just Loved animals and loved sharks in particular, and went about doing that. That was um, probably a really good uh, point of my life. I spent probably a good six months just learning everything about Ben Cropp, what he right. did. I actually even went to go and visit his his home in uh, Port Douglas, which yeah, is right. just south of Cairns or just north of Cairns. Went and visited there. Yeah. So um, those those two attitudes and those two. Characters from those folks who influenced me were probably very pivotal to me in mm. how I chose to be over those ten, thirteen years. Um, I'm trying to think of of events. Yeah, no, nothing comes to mind. But yeah, that's, that's just, all right. Yeah, those two stick out.
1: Yeah, those two people. Yeah, that's that's still that's still um, uh, still important. Now this 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 Ben Crop guy. Um, did you end up getting yeah. to speak to him?
0: No, no. So he had moved away and I, I don't even know where he lives now, but mm. um, he's, uh, yeah, just uh, quite a fascinating duties. His um, documentaries are probably from the seventies or the eighties, maybe a couple in the nineties. You can get them. Uh, <laughs> it's probably on YouTube, <laughs> but uh, he, yeah, he just totally passionate about Australian animals. And I think for me, just to sorry to just jump from snakes into sharks a little bit there.
1: Yeah, no, that's because, cool. Um, it's an sharks
0: animal. are like my passion in the water. Okay. Um, okay. living at the coast in Af- in Africa, that I spent my, a lot of my time obsessed with sharks in Africa. Um, okay. And then Australia was was uh, snakes. Snakes. Yeah. Um, he uh, the my, so my favorite shark is the gray nurse which mm-hmm. in uh in Australia is sorry in South Africa it's called the ragged tooth but in Australia it's called the grey nurse and one of the things that was uh, like I just loved about Ben is so he used to be a shark hunter and of course the grey nurse was almost extinct and that, if you know the grey nurse shark it's really placid it's a beautiful shark it's mm. they they're big they they're um you know they're scavengers essentially um okay but he and he he um really wanted to to see them come back to, to proper numbers um, which hasn't actually happened. Okay, but, uh, due to yeah, hunting still? That was his thing. Ah, oh, Jay, yes, it's a pretty annoying. So in the 50s and 60s they were hunted to almost extinction because of their looks. You know, the sharks were man killers. Yeah, and... They were hunted to almost extinction just because of the way they look, um, and then they become prote- they became protected in the early nineties. But because they they only breed when they're very mature and they only give birth to to like one or two pups, mm. seldom, quite seldom. They're still really struggling. Um, mm. So yeah, that was uh, that's been quite a uh, a big thing for me in also in in understanding nature better mm. you know that's that's kind of been a little bit of a driving force for me and that's where ben crop came in as well so my understanding of how the grey nurse shark had the way that it is now really shouldn't have it shouldn't be because there's been a misunderstanding um mm. of of this type of creature which then translates into of course our snakes and and lizards and um, you know, octopus and everything. There's yep. so many everything things, else. yes, uh, because of just a, a pure lack of understanding. Yes. So yeah, that's kind of where Ben Crop came in for me.
1: Okay, and he's got some um, nice
0: books and and DVDs.
1: Yeah, i i've gonna. I'll have to look him up um after um our conversation. Yeah. Um, because I I have heard. I'm I'm sure I've heard of him. I'm sure I've heard of him. Um, now with, pretty old school. Uh, before my time, uh, before with, so we, we've got, go f- from snakes. We'll stick on the sharks. Um, cause, uh, look mm. for myself now, I haven't spent a lot of time around the water and I do understand that, um, we fear what we do not understand and I don't understand sharks. And so, um, I am not confident in the water. Um, my toes—I I don't know what it is about it, but they just feel exposed uh, when um, when I'm swimming, <laughs> and I just just got to protect my toes. Sharks are going to eat my leg instead of my toes, so I don't know really what the problem is. Um, <laughs> uh, but what is what is something that um, uh, helped you? better understand sharks was it was it being was it going out and experiencing the shark or was it knowledge that you um from reading that had a bigger impact on you so yeah was it was it reading of knowledge or experience that impacted you most with your yes such a good question
0: and that was probably uh so my first experience with the shark was probably the i would say the spark that started lighting that initial fire i was probably about 17 and um a friend of mine so i lived on on the coast in south africa very close to jeffrey's bay actually um a lot of Jefferies guys bay. who who watch your your podcast yeah they might remember uh, mick fanning had an interaction with a, a shark while he was surfing the billabong pro in jeffrey's bay um uh, it's 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 quite interesting to watch if they get a chance. Anyway, so about an hour, hour and forty five minutes north of Jeffrey's Bay is where I grew up. Uh, okay, pretty cold water, but anyway, uh, a friend of mine had caught a massive grey nurse shark, and he had, because it's uh, on a river mouth, had brought it in over like two hours, and here she was, this beautiful ragged tooth uh gray nurse lying on the beach i quickly paddled across the river on my surfboard to go and have a look at it i was just fascinated by this creature she was so tired hey eh? um mm. and he let it he got the hook out and he put it in the rip next to the the seawall. and i decided i've got to stick with this this animal so i mm. hopped on my board and i i just paddled out over the top of it mm as it as it swam back out to the ocean right. and it was like life-changing life-changing for me in terms of how i interact with sharks in particular uh it just i became quite obsessed with them um and uh yes yeah, so i went out with her the water was really clear that day so i was able to just watch how gracefully she moved and then he- headed off back out into the ocean few days later, my friend and I were surfing in really dirty water, actually. And Mm -hmm. just the two of us, and between us, this fin came up. (laughs) And uh, we didn't really know exactly what that was. Um, And we did did know that there was a great white breeding area nearby, a place called Fountain Rocks, where they would just sort of float around in the current. So they're really well- Casual. A boat had flipped it. Yeah. But A boat had flipped in the mouth earlier that day and there was a lot of fish blood and stuff. Anyway, we didn't know that at the time, but I came this fin, the two of us bolted out of the water. But it was another experience with the shark that was a bit different to what I had always imagined um, mm. would happen. You know, if there was a shark around, you're gone skis. You're going to die. You're going to get eaten. End of the story. Uh, so it started to alter my my thinking and my, my, my brain processing So, and then I went and did a dive. I did an underwater dive with them. That was here in Australia, actually. I dove with a bull shark and a couple of gray nurse. Once again, here with these beautiful creatures coming past me, you know, done in a very particular way, you know, keeping your extremities to yourself, like your toes. Make sure I got to keep my, keep yourself in a particular way. You got to Mm -hmm. behave around animals the way they interpret behavior. Yes. And once again, it was an awesome experience. Um, so that, uh, that has uh, sort of grown in me. But I've got to tell you, now that I live in Ballina, Ballina has a bit of a reputation for great whites. And mm. um, mm. there have actually been a few fa- fatal attacks here. And I've started asking myself, are you being stupid? Are you being... Uh, a bit you know rational what's the word ignorant ignorant yeah, yeah irrational by just paddling out on your own uh, where you know there are great whites especially mm. because this is where we have um heaps of um uh, humpback whales coming mm. up and down with their calves in fact we've got stacks of mummies mummy whales coming down with their calves at the moment so right on. i think it would be a bit silly so I've had to i don't actually surf on my own anymore, and i I am a bit scared um mm. so yeah, it's an interesting journey we go through with with dangerous animals you know there's uh, and I think it's probably healthy as well. It's healthy to not think you're a hero um mm. and then
1: yeah, it keeps you alive you know you've yeah. Right. So I hope that answers
0: yeah. your question. Sorry if I waffled a bit there.
1: Yeah, no, it's cool. It's <laughs> cool. I mean, I don't know how I'd respond if I had a, a a fin go up near me. Um, I just I I know that I I can't I can't run in water, uh, and I don't I can't I can't <laughs> control the environment. Uh, on land I can yeah. control it a little bit more. I mean, yesterday I had an eastern brown snake. I was just messing yeah. around a little bit, and um, he was coming at me, uh, because I was being a a bit annoying to him. And I was like, Frick, man, yeah, you confident, yeah. you confident sucker!" And, uh, I'm, I'm glad I had my yeah. bag because I was able to, he, I was able to, um, block him, uh, with the bag, but, uh, I can do that on land. Yeah. I can't, I can't do that yeah. in the water. Um, but yeah, so you would say, you would say experience has, um, had a, a high yes. impact on, on you more yes. so than, than literature. you yeah. uh, would say, okay, cool.
0: I was going to just say that uh as a, as an added as an added um uh element to that I did go and do a lot of research on sharks just because I loved them mm. and that was totally valuable totally yep. valuable as well. Yeah. But it was, you know, it started so it was like, with that. Is the
1: experience that kind of yeah. energized you to research further? We would say. Yeah. Yeah, right on. Um, yep. Well, uh, I want to do the um the overrated underrated segment with you. Um and then um I got one two more questions uh just before we land the plane. Good?
0: No worries, Jay. Thanks, mate.
1: Now, over overrated underrated, rules are respond with overrated or underrated. So, overrated underrated family camping trips.
0: Uh overrated. <laughs>
1: They are they're overrated.
0: <laughs> With for for young kids, yes. I'll add that add that information. Yes. That's my okay.
1: okay, right on. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Lots of kids. Okay. Um overrated, yeah. underrated, um eating bugs as a kid. Oh. Damn.
0: Definitely overrated, mate. Overrated. I can't I have no positive memories. No positive memories. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I have positive not, memories. Not good flavors.
1: I, I've got one that comes to mind. Um, I used to eat moths. Um, uh huh. Oh gosh. Dusty. Me and my yeah. Well, they almost became extinct, like that shark did, uh, because me and my brother at least around yeah. the house because we would circle the house looking for moths and trying to eat them. And we tricked our sister into eating Was one. That Laurie? One time. Yeah. Yeah. With me and Lawrence we used to used to eat moths. Wow. Uh, overrated underrated shark nets
0: Oh, definitely overrated okay there's a there's actually a really good uh, a good shark system down here because of all the sharks i was telling you about Mm. Um, look it's it's uh there's a lot of opinion about it but essentially what i'm seeing is uh, healthier shark numbers they have a drum line system here where shark gets caught on a drum line boat goes out tags it and they release the shark Mm. Uh, and then they have a radio transmitter like every few kilometers and when a shark is in 500 meters it sends a ping to the um, new south wales fisheries department or whatever and they're able to respond Mm. so of course better shark survival rate less crap in the ocean and less killing all the other creatures yeah so
1: definitely overrated definitely overrated okay uh overrated underrated final one um
0: a hook versus jigger for snakes oh uh oh man that's not even i can't that's not even how you answer i'll say jigger
1: yeah that's kind of like that's like that's overrated underrated here you have two options (laughs) <laughs> but but yeah. you'd go with, you'd go with Jigger. <laughs> okay, okay. So the hooks Yeah. Yeah, okay. But jigger is is better than that's 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 the grabber, just confirming we're on the same page. That's the where you, you grab yeah. the snake. Yep, right on. You're right on. Um have you had um have you always stuck with the, the jigger? Uh have you used hook or um much at all? Or has it just been so with the jigger?
0: So when you when you say jigger you mean like the the clampy thing? yes, oh no, I actually don't use that very often when i my okay. jiggers when i I'm, they might have taught me the wrong word, but my jigger is like a the um uh like a hook with like a a triangular and and then you triangular press, thing,
1: yeah, and you press on the snake, yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah thats yeah. Co- that's probably i the use right i word. i use it for both,
0: <laughs> yeah. I use I have think I've only ever used my hook. Uh, sorry, my my jigger, my Rats. clampy thing. Yeah. Uh maybe once or twice. Mm. Because you know when I do, that's normally with Eastern Browns, yeah. they go crazy.
1: They do. Um they
0: do. They like flap around. Um and I get that gets me a bit edgy actually. And I find um, yeah, if I can if I can get him on the on the hook. A,
1: it's normally a smoother transition Yep, but it's nice to have with me anyway yes yeah it's a nice addition um okay well that was that was the segment uh good to know your thoughts uh moving um as we um uh close up uh well as we finish the conversation i'd I like to um hear a bit on what you have planned uh for your future what you plan on doing next now you you're a, you know you're going to be an author pretty cool um what do you have any other steps past authorism and stardom uh in the future
0: oh jay i'm in a bit of a uh transition stage so uh, of course i'm a school teacher um Mm. and i do feel a calling to that i do feel god's called me to that which is awesome but it's it's teaching is a big job in terms of time and, and energy. And, um, sometimes it does take away a lot of my time to, to be in nature, which is a real tension for me. Like I I want to be in nature more. Um, so if I was going to, if I was going to put in a couple of sentences, what I, what i pray will be the case is in about a decade, Mm. I want to be a full-time author Writing my series about snakes travelling Australia, Mm. and um, offering my my snake and reptile catching services as much as I can because I really miss it. Mm. At the moment, I have to; I can only offer it on school holidays. Yeah. So often people will call up. Oh, I've got a a snake, and I'm like, sorry, I'm a teaching. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can't come, and that's that's like torture. That's absolute torture when you know there's a there's a big brown or a big red belly. Sitting there waiting for you, and you can't go and get him. That's absolutely torture. So I'd love to be. I'm um, doing that. Um, yeah, just speaking, speaking into the lives of, of people across the world. Hopefully, through my books, um, and doing what I love here with my kids. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's my hopes and dreams.
1: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And uh, what what would be some or a tip, uh, or skill style, uh, of, um, in, uh, of teaching, of, of, building up and encouraging, uh, that someone, um, uh, either a parent, uh, or a friend that can see something or a direction that someone's taking, um, how would you suggest, uh, encouraging that, direction um how what would you suggest
0: okay well in terms of uh of getting into the snake and and reptile industry is is that kind of the niche you're
1: talking about yeah uh wildlife in general wildlife in general like um uh i guess with, with yourself how you um when we used to go to church together and when we did speak you would talk to wildlife and you'd encourage me in my direction um that sort of thing yeah i think so there's two two things i would probably say
0: you need to to embrace one of them is finding finding a go-to person or a couple of people who uh who you can connect with who you know have walked a little bit of that walk and can give you some advice um Uh, that you can connect uh, yeah you know there's a lot that you can read about and stuff uh, but having a a relationship with someone who can nurture you um, through those through that initial phase is Mm. really good so whether it's reaching out to someone uh, who maybe you've you've seen online like you for instance you know I'm so Impressed with what you do, Jay. Uh, what I've seen, what you do through this, Thank you. this blog, through your other YouTube stuff. Um, I've seen, you know, you've even been in the Flippin' Newspaper.
1: Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. you do a,
0: a Google search on you. Not to mention, you have a passion for youth. You know, people like you are reaching out to someone like you who is a humble person, but who loves uh, nature is uh, very important. You'd need to have that relationship, mm. and with that in mind, mm. there are people out there who will try and stamp on your enthusiasm if they know a lot about nature. Some people, it seems to me, like they have this, like, almost uh, a
1: knowledge, knowledge ego boost, uh, sort of knowledge
0: ego. Absolutely, and they can they can almost push you down. I had a couple of guys who told me basically I shouldn't I shouldn't bother. Going for my reptile license, um, and that 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 really annoyed me. Mm. Uh, and you know, fortunately, I pushed through, and yeah, because I loved, I, I had to do it. I did it anyway. But if I yeah. had someone like you, who was like, "No, mate, let's do this together. Let's do it properly. Top class." So that's the first port of call. And the second thing is, uh, you're probably going to have to have humble beginnings. And you should have humble beginnings in the sense that uh, yep. you can't just jump in and know everything and have, have the, the skills, have the knowledge. It takes time. And you sometimes have to sacrifice a bit. One of the things I did, which was very valuable to me, was I volunteered at Lone Pine Koala Sanctuary. Yep. Because, um, as you probably know, they have an amazing reptile house there. Mm. so I thought hey i you know I can volunteer at this place for five days I'm gonna get in there and learn about it. and I had to pick up dingo poo and I had to feed the the flying foxes and I had to pick up the the wombat poo and stuff which was epic but it wasn't <laughs> the snakes
1: <laughs> no yeah yeah
0: but it was a I wasn't getting paid in fact I had to pay to do it mm. but I got in there and I managed to to connect with the snake handlers and I managed to look at them every day. I'd go in and look at them and learn about them and figure out what they eat, how they behave. But uh, I had a few family members tell me I shouldn't be wasting my time. I should be earning money for my family. Mm. I shouldn't be volunteering. So I had to kind of put that behind me a little bit. I had to be a bit humble. Um, So, yeah, try and connect with somebody uh, so that you have a relationship, even if it's an online relationship, and mm. be willing to put in a few hard yards, do a bit of volunteering work, get out there, um, and take time to learn more. Mm. So I think that would be my my two nuggets, my two nuggets of wisdom.
1: Yeah, right on. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for that. Uh, that's uh, it's um being really cool uh catching up again and hearing about your book and uh how that's going and um kind of a bit of more of your story uh now that i'm older and i can remember conversations that i have with people a lot easier than i was 14 and Thanks, prepubescent <laughs> uh with with your book um when it does come out uh if you want to give me a link uh or something of the kind um to the book and then i can put it underneath in the show notes when we get to it uh then if people would like to uh follow that story and read get that book then um they have a way to do that um is that cool with you
0: mate 100 percent. that's that sounds awesome, I'd, awesome. i'm very uh pleased i'm very chuffed that you you would offer to do that thank you
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent, and um, look with all the best with uh, your snake catching uh, and your uh, this next stage in your life. Uh, and I look forward to getting to see you in person and maybe catching a couple snakes or seeing a bird or two. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have enjoyed this episode. If you would like more information on the podcast or guests or any other sort of information, you can head over to www.thebigsmall.au. Otherwise, if you'd like to reach out to me on my socials, you can find those details in the description of the episode. I look forward to seeing you in the next one.